Hell yeah, man. <laughs> Shit bowling ideas back and forth. Hippie science. Right. right. It's not science science. It's almost like I'm trying to call for just people to just be better. That we could have some kind of study on these type of Her mother was on board, I guess. Of course yeah. she was. She got pre and... board and didn't have to fuck the man to do it. <laughs> Our devil's advocate type stance here. See you Jessica. And you're Seth. And this is the Hippie Science Variety Hour. So, you turned me on to this documentary really recently called Unnatural Selection. Yeah, yeah, on Netflix. Yeah, on Netflix. And that thing was really good. Really it, good. Like, mind-blowingly, like, terrifyingly yeah. alluring. <laughs> alluring? Yes. Really? How so? Because it's just, I love, I've always made the joke about Lyme that, you know, I believe that a cure could be found in someone's basement. So, to me, the idea that there can be these scientists and, you know, these basement scientists working on something, that's very alluring to me. I I share that sentiment. I like it more because but of... But terrifying. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's very terrifying. Yeah. I like it more because of the sentiment that was given by the guy who's making it readily available to people, Mm -hmm. uh, which I don't think we've said, but so this guy is, uh, making, he's, he's selling online for a pretty, pretty reasonable price. Uh, CRISPR Cas9 technology, which is, you know, gene editing, um, tools. But I mean, what gene editing tools just, they look like just syringes full of liquid, right? Because that's how you use them. Right. Right. So, He's he's selling this stuff to just anyone who wants to buy it under the premise of this is an inevitability. There's going to be gene editing going on and something that one of the big ethical concerns people have had for quite some time is how most likely it's going to be almost exclusively in the hands of the elites and they're well, going to be able course. to make yeah, they're going to make, you know, a, a genetically different upper class of people that a genetically can, superior. Right. Yeah. Where they can, you know, design themselves to be, you know, elite athletes or something to the point where, you know, you know, one of those like you know, the small town story of the kid who's always poor and then works his ass off and becomes a NBA player or something. Yeah. You know, they, that can pretty much be eliminated <laughs> because the elites will already be in that position, making them even more elite and furthering the gap between the people. Well, even not even just in the sports realm, but if you take it to if you can edit genes, you can edit any genes, theoretically speaking. So So people getting sick. Yeah, people getting sick or you could see better. You could, I mean, this could be used in a very good way or it could go really, really bad very, very quickly. And yeah. the fear of mine is with this uh, Joseph, I can't remember his last name right now, but he has the Odin, the Odin is the name of the company. Which is a very strange name for this company. Right? Talk about a God complex, naming your yeah. company, the God. Mm. Yeah, a God, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, um, his, in the, at the end of the documentary, on the last part of it, because it's like a four to five part series, you, you see his daughter, and he named her Freya which is creepy as shit. 
I, yeah, I'm, I feel like he's just someone who's really into Nordic mythology. He probably but, is, and he looks the part for it. Not to judge he? a book by his cover, but the videos I've seen him in, he usually has gothic occult style t-shirts on you know so that usually has like some kind of symbology in it so i could totally see him just being one of those people i mean one of my nephew's first name's odin so i forgot about that (laughs) yeah yeah so i mean i could see where it's just part of and they're beautiful names too but the whole thing that kind of gets me about this is one of the part that really blew my mind like the whole setup of the show is really really interesting they've got this you know basement scientist guy joseph something that used to work at nasa and then they've got these legit scientists and then they've got this other guy that's trying to make glow-in-the-dark dogs up in the mountains of west virginia or some shit okay it's in mississippi is it really yeah no way meridian i think <gasps> even better okay yeah. <laughs> he's actually my favorite dude in that whole documentary Really? He made me cringe the most in that whole documentary. No, because he he's like he, he freely admits, right? Like, yeah, I'm a GED kid, but he's not he's obviously not a dumb guy. No, right? I didn't think he was unintelligent. I just think that it's absolutely terrifying to imagine glow in the dark dogs. Oh, well, yeah, that's probably more weird to you because you didn't, you know, go through a biochemistry education. Uh I remember one time when I was learning about CRISPR that there was a picture in one of the slideshows that one of my professors did where they had glow-in-the-dark cats that glowed red and they looked what? like fucking, yeah, they looked like demons. No. Yeah. But that was just, you know, the same kind of experiment the guy in Mississippi wanted to do where, you know, he wanted to prove that you can do this in the environment he was doing. They made those cats to prove that you could insert genes in a way that's completely undeniable. I mean, I understand the idea of do it to prove it can be done. Okay, I, I kind of live yeah, my time. life by that. However, yeah. we don't know the further ramifications of introducing gene-altered species into the ecosystem. We really don't. Yeah, well, that's that's my one of my chief concerns with the whole thing. And I mean, they, they did a really good job in the documentary of showing both sides of that because it has a, a legitimate research scientist who was actually working on trying to get rid of Lyme disease by making mice that had that this, couldn't, right, this, that they this were gene inserted. To yeah. Where, um, when ticks would bite them, the ticks would die. Right. Which I'm and all for. Yeah, all of for. course you're all for Give that. him money. <laughs> but look, every time he went, you know, he had to get like the town's permission to release the mice, right? Right. And every time he would go to a town and talk to the people about it, he says, listen, I'm not going to try and do this without at least the majority of you being on board. Right, you know? right. And someone even says uh, in one of those town halls that he was giving, they say, so what if we don't want it? What are you going to do then? He goes... Well, I guess I won't be able to release them because the, right. I think they, they all kind of expected him to just try to railroad over it, you know, like that scientist stereotype, you know, that kind of guy. Yeah, the environment be damn. It's just for exploration and I'm going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, he, he seems extremely concerned about the environment. And for someone who he really looks as did. much... For someone who looks as much like a fucking cartoon villain as he did. He really uh, did. He, he, really, he looked really like did. a menacing guy. 
But, like you just expected the like fingertip uh-huh. hand gesture, you know, like yeah. where they're you expected that at any moment. You I'd really like did. To release mutated mice. <laughs> but he seemed like a good guy. He seemed very, very conscious of what he was doing and extremely aware and wanted to make everyone as aware as he was that there are And to are make them comfortable certainly, with it as well. Yeah, but he, he wanted everyone to know there are certainly some unknowns as to what's going to happen because we can model this all we want to, but once it gets out there and natural selection starts taking place, shit, I mean, shit changes. Mutations happen, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, so there was something, I went down the rabbit hole of the actual Odin website. Okay. Where, have you looked at it yet? No. Because I didn't think to, but I did um, just a few moments ago, actually, before we started recording. And there's a few things that are alarming. Um, would you like me to go down the list? Certainly. Certainly. <laughs> so... You can buy your DIY bacterial gene engineering CRISPR kit for only $169. Yeah, that's I, what they said in the documentary. I, I think. get I get that that's, you know, great and all of that great stuff, right? Right. Make it accessible. I understand. However, if you scroll a little farther down the page, there's this lovely little section called Human Cell Culture. And for $100, you can get human embryonic kidney cells. Uh Uh-huh. For $349, you can get human tissue culture and engineering kit with a class. In four weeks, they will teach you how to do everything to a human. That's alarming. Yeah, We have not reached the point where this should be human trial yet. We just haven't. No, I, I, I agree with you. So... There's there's a reason, though, that he is as, as confident as he is in, you know, there's a controversial moment in the documentary that apparently, you know, when it happened, it turned a lot of heads where he just injects himself with it in front of a crowd, right? Yeah, it was at a convention. Yeah. So yeah. when when it, he does that, he, he even says, I mean, it's probably only going to change a few cells in the immediate area of the injection. And... I think that's one big thing to take into consideration, right? Excuse me. Um, so just putting one, you know, one shot of CRISPR into yourself. So the, the way that CRISPR works is that it's like you have to have the amount of CRISPR in there. So CRISPR is like, like a protein. Yeah, CRISPR is like a protein complex, right? It's actually mm-hmm. from the um, immune system of bacteria to, pr- to protect them from viruses because okay. the CAS9 part of it, the CAS, I forget exactly what that acronym stands for, CAS, it, it basically, um, that's the part that like recognizes a certain part of DNA and like clips it out, right? The, um, the way that it does that is it has to have like a sample strand of RNA, which you, you know about RNA. It's like yeah. how cells copy themselves. It's like a, mm-hmm. you know, a template for replication that's not being used right. to generate proteins. <clears throat> so within that injection, there's only going to be a limited amount of those, those CAS proteins, right? 
So it's only going to be able to act on a few things. So I think going into the future, if they're ever going to be doing like this comprehensive, already grown person, already living person, uh, you know, gene injection type stuff, it's going to take a lot more, um, you know, maybe like intravenous treatments over like, you know, long periods of time. And I still don't know if it would even work that way. And to, to make it even more complex, you, you need a very specific, like strand of RNA that you've already prepared from something else that you have, um, clipped out. What's more concerning to me is that, you know, doing that to embryos or, you know, fertilized eggs, that's a lot easier, a lot easier. So the kid's going to grow up with that protein. I mean, with that, um, gene already inserted, it's not going to be a process of replacing ones that are already in your body. It's going to be, those are the original ones that you always had. Okay. So how much are they having to inject into like the CRISPR pigs? You see the pictures of those and they're fucking terrifying. They're the most jacked looking thing I've ever seen. How much do you think they're having to just like ratio wise to get those results? I think a or lot is that of those, that's like bread I think a lot of those them. things we see, I think it's, so if, you know, it, it works the same way with the, um, the dogs, the guy was trying to make glow in the dark dogs, right? It yeah. wasn't the dogs he had already that he was trying to make glow in the dark. It was the future generations because he was a breeder, right? So just shooting it into yourself isn't going to actually create that much of a difference, right? But it could <clears throat> in your offspring? No, no. The, so what, what they would do is, um, you know, if you were going to reproduce with someone, both of you go in and they take sperm from one and an egg from the other. They combine the two just, just like they do in, you know, fertility treatments. Mm-hmm. And then they would treat that zygote, the cell with the combined uh, genetics of the parents, with the CRISPR system to get the gene injected and then okay yeah okay okay so that's how it goes into like humans though yeah so but you know they are thinking uh it's like later on in the documentary there was a guy trying to cure his HIV with it mm-hmm. right and if it worked on a a large enough scale like if it were to disseminate through your body properly and could recognize you know if there's enough CRISPR in there and if there's enough you know if, if it's gonna spread over your body enough then you know if it were to recognize the HIV you know virus to you know it's believable it's conceivable that it could recognize that HIV and go in you know, splice, splice something in there to make it inactive at least. Okay. There was, you were talking about the moment in the documentary where he injected it. I watched a really interesting follow-up video on that. Yeah. And, um, it was the guy talking and he was like, what shocked him was after he, uh, shot the CRISPR, like injected the CRISPR in front of the audience that he said he was first shocked that people were shocked by it, like that it was got that much attention. 
But what scared him was that it took less than a month later for another person to do it and post a video of them injecting it into themselves. Yeah. So I think the really interesting thing about him at the beginning of the documentary is he's very strongly in favor of this, right? He wants everyone to have it. And then as soon as it gets out, as soon as people pick it up the way that he wanted he starts seeing the downstream effects. You know, the shit that mm-hmm. when, as you know, that day I was sitting on the porch with you in Virginia and we were talking about this initially. The first things that we thought of, it's like he didn't even consider those things. He right. thought at all costs, we need to get this stuff into the hands of the people so that the elites don't get it. It's like he was too focused on class to think about the way that people are going to be exploited with it, because that's the first thing that happened. Some, about the some, ethics and moral of it. Like, even if you can do it, there's question still needs to be raised, should you do it? Yeah, see, I, I don't I don't hang up on that as much, right? I do, I do. I, I, yeah, I understand, and I've, I've had that same kind of journey, and I, I don't know if it's just because I've gotten more used to the idea of it, which I think that's a big part of people being afraid of it. Um, I do think there is... Something to be said for not knowing some of the downstream effects of changing protein expression in your body, right? Right. Um, the same the same thing I've said about uh, lab-manufactured meat, right? It might seem like it has the same uh, composition, but what are they focusing on? You know, you, you might not be getting the same kind of amino acids as you would from, you know, a lab-manufactured ribeye as you would from a grass-fed cow because that grass-fed cow is a a living organism that has to have the things working within it to sustain its own life and to build that muscle. Yeah. And that just never would have <coughs> happened in a piece of meat that you grew on a plate. In right. A lab. It's just it, the natural process doesn't happen. Right. So I wonder what the downstream effects of some of these proteins would be, especially once mutations start getting involved, you know, because we yeah, have... And we- we have all these things that happen to us where, you know, you, you pick up a virus, the HIV virus, it's, it's a, it's a retrovirus, right? So it, it goes into your, uh, genes, it, yeah, your cells and it hijacks, you know, cellular machinery to basically unzip your genes and insert itself into the place where it just unzipped those genes. And that's why you know, HIV becomes part of your DNA. It's not just the virus that you have, right? Now, some viruses work that way and some viruses don't. But, you know, HIV actually works in a way that's kind of similar to CRISPR. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because that's what I just described is a lot like what CRISPR does. It goes in. um, Part of it is that template RNA that will... You know, bind. No, no, no. So the CAS part will will recognize where it needs to go, and it'll cut out a you know like one complementary side of the DNA, and then put the RNA. Wait, wait. You know, it's been a a long time since I studied this in school, so I'm probably fucking butchering it. But functionally, what happens is it goes into the 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 DNA of the cell. It's gotten into. It clips out a part of that, and manufactures the DNA strand from the RNA strand that it's it's been prepared with and then mm-hmm. that DNA strand goes in where it clips something else out. 
Okay. I'm is that a little too you. technical? I mean, I- I'm following you. Um, slowly. I'm processing. Yeah. Uh, so I functionally, functionally, it it might um, clip your DNA in a, in a way that it it can just shove itself in there, right? Now it it won't. It sometimes will cut it in a place that will stop um, gene expression of something because it interrupted the sequence, right? Like yeah. you know how the A's and T's and C's and G's all go together, and they mm-hmm. you know they code for something. So right. they can turn they can turn genes off by making something that will recognize. It. So say it's like um, what's uh, what's that that thing where you produce a lot of uh, cystic fibrosis, right? Cystic fibrosis is a genetic disease, right? So theoretically, mm-hmm. they could go in and design a CRISPR to go to wherever cystic fibrosis is coded for within a gene and basically just cut out that part of the genome that would code for cystic fibrosis to make it so that that won't be coded for anymore and these people won't have to die from it. I mean, my objection isn't with what we could do for the greater good with CRISPR at all. My objection lies in... It being too young and too new of technology in the science that we don't understand it yet. And, I mean, if it was taking place in a lab, I feel like if we were talking about scientists in a lab performing uh, more structured studies and analysis of it, I feel like the conversation would be completely different. Yeah, that's much more comfortable. Right. And everything I've just said is in that context, right? Yeah. But giving I mean, it to I, people, it gets a little more sketchy. It does. And you don't know, I mean, just as anything good can be used for bad, you get it in the wrong hands and somebody could do something really terrible with this. I mean, this yeah. could be a super cancer developed or something like that where it just completely makes the next generation infertile or you know, unable to see whatever it could be used for good, but it could also be used to disable the entire next generation of humans. Once this gets to that point or completely eradicate an animal species that like we have talked about before, we don't understand how intricate our ecological system is. We're only just now starting to understand how important even bees were so how right. can we understand how important like that specific breed of mouse is, even though he is a shithead and transmits Lyme disease, he might serve a better purpose that we don't understand just yet. And that's what scares me with it. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's one of the primary arguments. That's why the, the guy who was doing it the right way, the actual researcher going around talking to people in the communities about how they feel about him releasing something into their area, right? Because, I mean, he freely acknowledges it's it's hard to see the downstream effects of what a, <clears throat> a disruptive change in an ecosystem might be, you know? Like, those, yeah. those ticks that are going to die from biting on those mice might be really important for something else that I we mean, just haven't seen. I mean, possums eat a lot of ticks. Yeah, but, it you know... It could be detrimental to the possums. possums. 
Uh, I mean, the only reason I care about possums is because they eat ticks. I know. So if you eradicate the ticks, I might not be as crazy about possums, but they are so ugly, they're cute. Right. But, you know, it's a lot of these, a lot of these things we, we don't see until, you know, the species is gone. Right. right. It's like, well, why did this, why did this start We're almost gone and we're panicking right. trying to bring it back. Exactly. So... It's 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 a cause for great concern and I'm I'm really concerned about that specifically when you know you just have people out in the middle of fucking nowhere getting crisper. Now, I'm much less concerned about something like you know someone making a you know genetically weird dog and it going out and fucking another dog and then there's all of a sudden, you know, like werewolves are real. I don't think that's going to yeah, happen. Yeah, that's how werewolves but, happen. I don't, That's what I, I was thinking as, the whole time I was watching that guy's segment. Like, okay, this is how we get werewolves. It makes sense now. I'm not as worried about that as I am about uh, bacterial and viral stuff, right? So well, that makes that's more that's less fun to imagine, though. It's less fun to imagine, but it's much scarier once you really start thinking about it. So, think about the people who are working with this stuff in labs, right? They're mm-hmm. under sterile conditions, like. They're doing this in a in a way that is very, very, like, precise, and you take a great deal of care to make sure that the only bacteria that are going to be affected are the bacteria that you want to be affected. And then you're going to make sure those little fuckers don't get out, you know? Right, You're going right. to be really careful with them. Now, this dude in Mississippi, he was doing, I could tell he was doing some basic uh, sterile work, but he's also in a damn shed, you know? And yeah, you know, he, he might be doing a lot of good work, but there's a lot of people who won't just won't be the people who never, you know, had to learn aseptic technique. And, you know, he talks about being able to go on YouTube and learn stuff and you absolutely can, but you know, how many assholes are going to get their CRISPR and be excited to use their CRISPR and then, you know, watch a YouTube video while they're scrolling through fucking Twitter and next thing you know, they're out there trying to apply aseptic technique and scooping up all kind of, you know, who knows what, fucking E. coli and, you know, shit that's going to turn into a much like worse outbreak. version of what it is. Yeah. Okay. Some, something that's that. going to become totally extremely it. resistant because the way that that gene expresses itself in a bacteria, you know, makes it really hard. To kill. No, I can see that. I mean, there's even diseases out there that it's theorized that they escaped from a secure lab or were released, whichever one you want to go with, depending on the day is which one I go with. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can totally see things. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Plum Island, man, look into it, dude. That's a wicked place. But I can okay. see where the... There has been cases of accidental leakage, exposure, what have you, within parameters of a scientific environment, like a structured lab. So if you take that out of the place and the letter agencies that we hope and cross our fingers are actually checking into things, that those aren't checking into lab safety, there's no telling what somebody could create in suburban America. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I'm much less worried about a lab accidentally letting out something, you know, that's. I oh, mean, I totally agree. I'll give you that. I am much more worried about Joe Blow down the street releasing Ebola onto the, 
you know, universe and than, you know, a scientist somewhere. I also worry a lot about, you know, these, uh, think about one of those, think about one of those dads who knows from the second he has a son that his son's going to be an NFL player, you know? Those guys Ooh, who were like, like juicing oh, extra yeah, style. Yeah, from the time this kid is a fucking baby, he's doing everything he can to juice this kid up to be yeah, yeah. an absolute monster on a sports field. And then it turns out that the kid wants to be a dancer and the dad's beating the shit out of him every day because, yeah. you know, I've, I spent all these years and all this work uh, doing something that you didn't consent to, but, you know, you're going to be an NFL player if it right, kills right. you. Right, right. So... I worry about things like that. I worry about things like the guy in the documentary who all of a sudden was just like, we figured out HIV, we got it, you know, and then he's pressuring this one dude with HIV to inject himself with it. And he was pressuring him hard in that documentary. That's not okay. That's not okay. I mean, the dude was all for it at the beginning, but then once it looked like it wasn't going to work, then the guy's like, well, you need to go ahead and do it again. You know, he's like, we, we knew the first formulation probably wasn't going to work, but we had to keep on going. And the guy's like, look, this is just, it seems like it's not going to work. I don't want to keep put some, putting something in myself that's going to be, you that know, we not know good. nothing about. <laughs> and the guy, meanwhile, is pre-selling these anti-HIV kits online. No. Being like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, these are the pre-sales. I mean, we're not sending them out yet because we haven't perfected it yet, but you know, we need the money. We need the money to keep uh, experiments going. And I'm just like, bro, fuck off. Oh, my God. That is repulsive. I don't remember that part. It's been... Yeah. By the and time he, I he, recommended he uses to that you... Pressure, he uses that pressure to lean on the guy who's the human guinea pig. Wow. Yeah. He said, all these people have already ordered it. What are you going to do when they can't get it? Wow. What a douchebag. Whoa. Yeah, he you died. don't want that kind of person with gene altering materials no no and he looks like a fucking he also looks like a damn cartoon villain like why do he, all of them even that joseph dude the the guy that's doing it josiah whatever his name is the odin dude he even looks like a cartoon villain no nah, to me he looks like something on cartoon network like like no he looks like old school joker to me okay look that's fine they they yeah. didn't all look like cartoon villains to me he looked like someone who just had a really naive vision to save the world and he like he was like yeah i'm like this punk you know what i mean he he's like someone who was a punk when he was young you know and very privileged attitude yeah very privileged attitude and just kind of stayed stayed with it but i do believe his intention was good he just didn't think it through the way someone with his level of education should have you know you know somebody else's intentions that are really good that do think things through? Who? Lime Warrior. Yeah, Lime Warrior's great. So you want to shoot it to our beautiful commercial? Yes. Lime Warrior is a team of sick people and advocates fighting for better treatment, testing, and understanding of Lyme disease. We're working towards funding medical research, raising awareness, and improved quality of life for impoverished Lyme Warriors. As a 501c3 nonprofit organization, we would love to have others join us in this movement. Find us at www.limewarrior.us and across all social media platforms as Lime Warrior US. So there's another piece of this website that really was the one outside of being able to order 
embryonic uh, kidney cells, which kind of just irked me a tad bit. Yeah, just a tad bit, smidge bit, not even dark web. This is like regular Google stuff, y'all. Yeah, it really is. (laughs) So the other part that got me is there's this beautiful little section that is called How to Get Free Stuff from the Odin. Okay? Okay. So you can earn your free CRISPR kit by sharing links, pictures of yourself, or class doing experiments or biohacking in news articles that promote biohacking in a positive light. These news articles should directly mention the term biohacking. You can also post sharing kits and protocols from the website. For every link you share, we will give you $2 credit on the Odin. So, you keep track of everything that you share, right? I don't. And you could earn this, but you can, theoretically. You can earn these kits for free. It says within 16 days you can get a free CRISPR kit. Yeah, I mean... That's alarming. It is, because he and, and he's doing everything he can to get the propaganda out there. Exactly. Uh, this is a marketing tactic, tactic. This is not someone that's wanting to get stuff into the hands of people. This is share my shit and I give you credit to get my shit. That's clever marketing. Yeah, but I think it's just I think I like I, I genuinely do believe the guy has uh is well intentioned. I think he just he, in his mind biohacking is the future, you know. He he says yeah. somewhere, he says somewhere in that documentary that um look, just because some people uh who know how to code learn how to hack into things and create problems doesn't mean we should stop teaching people how to code. And I do have you know like with computers not genes no no i totally obviously. understand i followed you um, i followed you and and that is an interesting argument you know i would love for the general public to be more well informed on this i mean even even just me trying to look up um general youtube videos on on how crispr works to brush up on it I, there really wasn't that much that was of quality there really wasn't. A lot of it was very hokey, for lack of it a better was, term. Well, and they were all very, very short, you know? Yes. Very yeah. short. And this is something you should probably take some time with and really learn, you know, the ins and outs. Maybe walk through a few examples. Yeah, this <clears throat> isn't a seven-minute uh, animated video to understand what's happening. Oh, that, I'm, I'm that's not, what I kept I'm finding. not exaggerating. I'm not exaggerating. Most of the ones I found were f- under five. Really? Yeah, four See, minutes. See, I found and a few that were around like the six and seven mark, but there weren't a lot of substantial content to really view on it. No, not really. Uh, but I mean, that tells really, you how young it is too, and how new it is. It's not new, new. It's been around. It's been around for at least 10 years i mean that's yeah, that's, but new. that's not that's long new in the terms of science that's new scientifically but they've made a lot of progress with it really quickly it's one it's one of those things that's like oh wow this worked out perfectly and the reason it did is because it actually just pretty much works on everything right like a lot of times if you get something like that it it'll work in the species that you found it in but not yeah. you know it's not generalized across interspecies everything yeah Another thing I worry about with people injecting this into themselves, though, 
is because it works with everything. Um, you know, if if someone has an infection or something, or, you know, maybe they have the flu, right? And those bacteria are floating around in them, then, you know, those bacteria might very well pick up whatever you're putting in. Right, and just become super versions. Right, right. I, I really worry about viruses, right? So I don't... I never learned a ton about viruses, right? Uh, it was... It was mentioned some in my education, but most of what I was learning was about, like, how how proteins work to replicate DNA and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, I just know that the way a lot of viruses work is they come in and they try to integrate themselves with what's there. And, a, you know, a big part of what they do is... Like, some of them don't inject themselves into your genome. They just shoot themselves down into, you know, your cells. And then, in like, they hijack the cellular machinery from your cells to replicate themselves, right? And that's why you start they getting They take sick. over, like, mission control. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Okay. okay. Maybe not mission control. They don't, they don't usually take over that, that severely, but... You know, they'll come over, they'll come in and take over, you know, the stuff that causes your cell to function properly, right? Like, okay, a bug just, in your just, system. Just kind pieces, of yeah. pieces of it that aren't going to be utilized the way that they're supposed to be utilized. Okay. Yeah. And I, I worry with that, you know, Cas9 floating around that maybe some virus and this could sound like complete hokey bullshit like don't even think about me as a dude with a degree right now (laughs) this is this is just me throwing it out because i don't remember that much about viruses and i wasn't able to find that much online without having to spend a shitload of time digging back through my old textbooks which i did look at a little bit but i don't have time to repeat biochem one two and molecular biology and everything just for one podcast right yeah and i don't think everybody wants to hear all of it uh, yeah good point (laughs) (laughs) but i worry that the viruses will you know somehow be able to take in that that crispr complex you know the crispr cas9 thing Mm -hmm. to where instead of having uh you know, just a, a a template strand of RNA, right, that you've chosen to put in there already, the, the viruses will be able to take over some part of it and basically integrate that into themselves so that they are much, much more effective at exploiting uh, your own cellular machinery. Yeah, I mean, it takes you back to, like, super cancer. I mean, yeah. mutate it, like, where it's... Not only do you, like the guy that's injecting with HIV, he could be curing it or he can make mega HIV. I mean, it's kind of a 50-50 shot at this point. And it's probably not 50-50 technically, but in my head, it seems more like a twin call says to if this is going to go in a positive direction or if this is going to go in a negative direction, especially when you take it 
on those like lower levels of people doing it to themselves. That alarms me. That really does. Yeah, I mean, as usual, I'm much left. I'm much less alarmed than you are. I uh, I just think. I think you think people are smarter than. No, I, do. I don't. I think the opposite. I think. Okay. <laughs> I think <laughs> the opposite. I just think you overestimate the power of this technology, right? Because it's really easy for it to just not work because you didn't do it right. Okay. Maybe yeah. that is the case. Yeah. That. That's 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 where I'm standing because one of the things when you first told me about this, do you remember? I was like, "What? They're just selling crisp. That doesn't that's not how it fucking works." <laughs> remember? Yeah, you're like, "No, that doesn't work like that." I'm like, yeah. "No, dude, you can just buy the kit online." <laughs> no, no, not the procedure to get it, but like you have to isolate that template RNA. Like you ha- you you can't just inject it into your like just uh, the CRISPR complex into your body and it just work, right? It, there has mm-hmm. to be a template for it to base what it's going to do off of. You know what I'm so saying? So how do you do that? You have to isolate. I mean, you, it, it's a lot of fucking chemistry to do, actually. Like, I've done it. It takes a long time. I mean, they've got classes that go along with these kits where you're enrolled in classes for like six weeks and they teach you what to do. Yeah, and then guess what? People don't know what the fuck they're doing because they took a six-week class. I mean, fair enough. Yeah. They actually had this other kit they send out with frogs in it for you to mutate the frogs. Yeah. Which so I take very big problem with. The The issue with the frogs is, like, so there might be some gene within the frog that you want to be able to insert into some other animal, right? Or vice mm-hmm. versa, right? Yeah, if they're doing vice versa. They, they sell, like... The glowing jellyfish enzymes, or what? I don't. I'm not gonna yeah, say it right. The gene, the gene that causes the fluorescence. Yeah. Yeah, they sell that, and they sell um, some other like gene bacteria bases that you can put into the frogs. Yeah. So the whole idea behind democratizing this is saying, yeah, people are going to be able to do this themselves, but if they're selectively selling which template RNA that they've already prepared for the people then it's not it's not going to be that big of a a revolution, you know? Because mm-hmm. the barriers are just going to go up there, right? So instead of getting the RNA that's going to make sure that your kid can't get cystic fibrosis and, you know, you being able to do that shit at home, uh, which I, I still don't think that would work because I think you're going to have to do it as a, you know, before it's even implanted in the uterus. Mm-hmm. Um Instead of selling, like, they'll be selling the novelty shit, like make like make a glow-in-the-dark dog, right? They'll be selling right. that fluorescent thing instead of selling the cystic fibrosis thing. And the okay. people, the, okay. the powers, what you're saying. yeah, the powers that be are going to stop. They're going to make it way more expensive. So the elites are still going to be the one with the power to do it, to get the stuff that's actually going to make a difference in your life. Yeah, you could make glow-in-the-dark frogs, but good luck curing anything. Exactly. I get that. Okay. I, so even with it being like, as it stands now, okay, you can order the frog genetic engineering protocol is what they say. Right. We know the rate in which, no, I don't know the specific rate, but we know the rate in which people release their pets, like especially frogs, spiders, snakes, things of that nature. Um, 
you really think that these people that create these gene altered frogs in this circumstance are just going to keep them for the rest of the frog's genetic life like no it's not going to happen those are going to get out yeah one way or another even right. even if there are pretty responsible people doing this i mean accidents happen accidents happen and especially not if they're in a lab with you know huge security protocols to prevent that type of thing from happening if that shit's right. in if your, you're in a, if it's in if your garage your fucking yeah, if you've dog got a is roll knock up over door. the cage yeah. yeah, if you have a roll-up door to the two-car garage that you're doing this experiment in, chances are it's not real secure. Exactly. You know, I mean, it's a little bit... I I appreciate the idea of getting the science into the hands of the people. I appreciate that. I respect it even. However... It just doesn't seem like it's a very safe thing to do. We can't even trust people with guns, let alone, like, mutated substances. That's, that's scary to me. It just well, really is. It's scary, but you're about to go down a whole ass other rabbit hole. Oh, am I? <laughs> no, if you're start, starting with guns, you can't say that shit anywhere in America right now without somebody getting upset. Look, I'm not saying I'm against guns. I'm not. I'm just saying that you cannot trust some people with them. I think that's a pretty fair statement. I don't disagree. So, so, I mean, it's not a stance on it. Yeah. I wouldn't trust some people to make me a Moscow mule. Doesn't mean that, you know, they're inapt or anything like that. They just don't know how to do it. I wouldn't trust you to drink a Moscow mule. Oh, but that's the one I can sometimes drink. You can sometimes, but then other times, you know. I know. That's yeah. that 50-50 shot, man. That maybe 50, that's 50 why. That's maybe probably that's why, why you overestimate that shit. That's what I was about to say. Like, because my life is typically, you, I'm always preparing for worst case scenario because that's what happens in my life. Yeah, Maybe that's that why bias. I take these. Yeah. Maybe that's why I see the, oh, fuck side of these things so easily. Right. I totally, uh, yeah. And I'm such a preparer that if you can't, like, prepare for a possible outcome, I'm like, nah, let's get some more research on this, okay? Yeah, look at you learning about yourself right right here uh. on the podcast. <laughs> I'm a little more introspective than that. I know some things. That's fine. Whatever yeah. you say. <laughs> okay. So how how would you feel, though, if... If that guy came to wherever you lived, the um, the guy who wants to eradicate Lyme disease, right? You're terrified mm-hmm. of ticks. And he said, you know, he gives his spiel. He says, look, I have these mice. The mice are going to cause a massive tick die-off, right? Or if, if the Lyme is in the mice, the ticks aren't going to be able to transmit it because they die when they bite the infected mice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I could, I can't remember exactly the way that went, but if he came to you and he said, look, okay, you live on this mountain. These mice will not be able to escape the mountain. Say there's a big moat around the whole thing, right? Okay. But on this mountain, ticks will not have Lyme disease. So in this case, um, I know exactly what I'm basing this off of. And I hate to admit it. It's actually a hard pill to swallow. My fear of Lyme disease is 10 times greater than any possible extinction of an animal. 
Um, so even the worst case scenarios in which I could imagine that we would have to deal with birds having limited food supply or possums or what the hell ever, I still would err on the side of, yeah, man, give me the lime free mice, like sign me up. Yeah. But that's just because the lime monster is so big to me that it's bigger than this possible boogeyman that might show up. I know that lime monster, and she's a son of a bitch. Yeah, and well, that's that's the bet the guy's trying to make, right? Right. He's saying, fight what we know instead of fearing what we don't. Right, and I understand that. And in, and in practical application like that, I would, and it's a little shocking to hear come out of my mouth as, as you know, gung-ho on save the planet and protect the environment I am. But in that case, I've seen and experienced firsthand the ramifications of disease left unchecked. And I feel like it would be worth an area. It would, it's an area worth exploring. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm still very hesitant about it because it's just, now once, once you see something out there, start to change it, it just, it makes me feel real squicky. But the fact that it was Lyme disease specifically that he brought up, and that's something that's, you know, such a big topic with us because obvious right. reasons. Right. I was like, shit, man, that's that's a pretty big deal. That's a pretty big thing to be able to get rid of just for us being afraid of what might, might lie in the future. It is. And, and it's something that really made me examine my feelings that I had had up until that point of the documentary series. Right. Because, yeah, because up until that point, you were I'm hard like, anti-GMO no. for yeah. whatever reason. And this is you don't G- know what they like, do. What, so what if um, what if they came up with a GMO way to kill the uh, spirochetes? Mm. Mm. You're getting real close to that V word that we don't need to discuss. Oh, that take I it easy. just take it easy. <laughs> that I just don't think we want to go down that hole today. No, um, so. Imagine. I don't think that, I mean, like, I'm a trying to imagine it, and I feel like, shit, I don't know why in my head that's different, but it is. Uh-huh. I really don't know why that's different. I feel like yeah. that, because it's, un. <clears throat> well, I mean, it's unnatural to program it's all unnatural. mice. Right, so it's just like, ah, uh, this is one of those areas that is really a head scratcher for someone like me because I have feet in both worlds where I am very hippy dippy and all natural but at the same time I know a lot of people that could really be helped by Lyme disease not being on this fucking planet any longer a whole lot yeah yeah and a a situation like that it would prevent like you know killing the ticks would prevent people from getting it but finding a way to kill what has already caused so much of your life to be, you know, compromised, you know? I feel like that's that's the start of it, though. Like, if they can, if this guy has devised a way that it would not be transmitted to mice, that makes me feel like we are one step closer to figuring out how to make it not express in humans like it does. I think the ticks were getting it from the mice. I think that's the only way it really makes sense to me. I don't know why the mice have it, but it makes sense to me that the the reason you would want to kill the ticks that are biting the no, mice. No, the limes. No, no, no. The 
the ticks give it to the mice. Lyme is in the tick saliva. It's one of their poison, and that's what they inject into you with the anticoagulant. They inject the spirochetes. Yeah. Shit. Oh, I just knocked the hell out of my microphone. Let me... Uh, it'll probably be fine. You're um, fine. Yeah. It, so it's, it's more... A, I've, I've forgotten the way that he he uh, presented it. But it's it's an interesting... It's just a way to get the ticks down. Right. Okay. So that it's not transmitted to people. Where do the ticks get it? Plum Island and the... Operation Paperclip. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, they, capital T, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Pick one of your boogeymen's and choose them. I have no idea. Well. Yeah. I don't know where ticks get it, man. I don't know. Yeah. Well. You know, there's 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 just no easy answer about this, and there's really not that that was. I mean, that's the takeaway of the documentary too. It was it was really interesting to me to see how visibly disappointed, you know, biohacker bro was over there because he biohacker like, bro. Yeah, that's exactly what the fuck he. I is. liked it. It um, is. He was so so like, yes, this is gonna be a huge revolution it's going to change everything it's going to be great and then immediately it falls in his fucking face you know like almost I mean, immediately. it's a very childish way to view things that is a very not childish like topic it is yeah for someone who is a fucking phd he seemed a little bit immature well you know what i found out too what? they lean pretty heavy on that nasa scientist thing he only did a two-week stint there I don't. I, mean, I, rem- I don't remember the NASA scientist thing. You don't. Maybe that's in some of the like smaller YouTube videos I've watched them. But that was one of the things they leaned on for his credibility to establish it, and found I mean, out a, that it's he's a biophysicist professor at a school in Calip- uh, San Francisco. Yeah, in San Francisco. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying the man doesn't have his credibility. I'm just saying some of the credibility that was presented is not as credible and long-lasting as it seemed. Yeah. You know, well, when I you mean, think of someone feel, worked at NASA... I feel like they might have just... They might have leaned more heavily on that in the supporting material that you looked at. You know what I mean? They might have. Yeah, they might because have. Because I, I don't remember that at all. I'm not arguing okay. with you. Yeah. Well, good. But, yeah, I'm right. and I also, I also uh, watched these documentaries one day when I was lying on the couch hungover. So... <laughs> You know, <laughs> great. I'll, I'll 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 give myself the 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 lime brain cop out that you have. I just had uh, hungover brain. You had drunk brain. I wasn't drunk anymore. I wasn't that drunk to start with. I just didn't drink enough water before I went to bed. Ah, uh, okay. You yeah. know better. I do, but it was I was tired. Oh. Yeah, that I was, was so a sleepy. Pathetic. I was a sleepy. I'm tired. Boy. Yeah. I'm tired. <laughs> okay. But, I mean, I I feel like we've pretty well covered it, right? I think we have. I think we've covered the exciting and terrifying sides of CRISPR. And yeah. I really, I mean, you know, this is one of those things I, I really want to hear from as many people as possible on, you know? 
I'm like, really curious to see what the Lime community says about this specifically, just because Lime was mentioned in it. Me too. And I'm really curious to see, cause, and because it's a pretty big, big pool of natural, holistic people. So I'm really curious to see what they think about this. Yeah, if I think I think the overwhelming it. I think the overwhelming reaction from people is going to be that no, that's that's GMO. Then you know it's evil. I think you're going to be wrong. I think that the people that have experienced Lyme are scared enough of it that they would back away from the natural side. I think they would fall into the category with me. I really I, I do. think it, it's it's a little bit shocking to me that it was. You know, it this this is the thing that might you know, op- like like ease you up a little bit on some of it, right? Yeah. Because it, did you say no? I said yeah. Oh. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I would uh, I would be interested to see how how that would change. You know. Hmm. Well, I'm, we're gonna have to keep an eye on this. Yeah, we are. I'm going to have to look up that scientist's name and, like, keep a close eye on his research and see what he's doing and what he's up to. He's a, yeah, (laughs) he looks nefarious. I know, but but wouldn't he be a great person to talk to? Fuck yes. He really would. I would love to talk to that guy. Yeah, I'm going to have to dig in and stalk him a little bit, become his little fangirl and get him on. (laughs) Don't give away all your secrets. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm about ready to wrap up. If you are, yes, I'm about to have a coughing fit. All right. Well, we'll talk to you all next time. Next time. You've been sitting here uh, practicing for a TED talk for what seems like ten minutes. It's already awkward. Yeah, I know. I'm kind of <laughs> liking it. I think we've just about reached our time. I think we have. So, all right, everybody, go out there, get the information you need. We We have no information on said family. (laughs) We have no information on anything. We know nothing. Uh, We look forward to talking to you next time. See you next time, guys.